Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Hi, Jason Gibbs, Joy Production Manager. It's Radiothon time. We still need joy and we need your support. If you appreciate our free podcast service, our voice for the LGBTI community globally, and the volunteers that make our service possible, please sign up, renew your joy membership, or make a tax-deductible donation before June 30 to keep our service possible. You may win a prize. Head to joy.org.au and click on either the Become a Member or Donate tabs to support us. If you appreciate our podcast service, let us know in the comments section when making your donation. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them, at joy.org.au and on iTunes. Hi, this is Kathy Freeman and you're listening to Australia's gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to Being There Done That on Joy 94.9. It's Chris here and in the studio with me, Phil. Well, sitting right here. Indeed. Live in colour. <laughs> and on the other hand, we have... Gordon, and I can only half see you because of the computer that's almost in my way. Yes. That doesn't matter. I can still hear your mellifluous tones. Mellifluous. That's a funny word. I have no comment on words I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Uh, Been There, Done That is the name of the show, and we talk about things that we have done, that we personally have done, where it's possible that we can discuss them on the radio. Some of those we better not. (laughs) Definitely not. There'll be the done that's more than the been there. (laughs) And things that have happened in the community in which we live, both the gay community and the Australian community in general, and... We might talk about some icons and dicons and bicons and, in fact, some very important people, including ourselves. Oh, yeah, that'll do. (laughs) (laughs) And if we get around to it, we might talk about some stuff. 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 That's that's not a promise. That's if we get time. Well, should we do stuff immediately? We can get right on to some stuff. Well, I think you were wanting to say hello to Nina. I had a nice talk to Nina last week. Did you? How is she, she going? She's doing fine. She good. donated to Radiothon. Oh, good. Which people can still do, by the yes. way. Go to the Joy website, joy.org.au. Click on the banner at the top there and you can make a donation and become a member and go into the draw for the great prizes that we have. And don't forget that if you are a member and you need to renew, now is the time to do it. My word, it and is. And even if you're a little bit early, we tack it on to the end of where your current membership runs out. That's right. So that you can actually pay two or three months in ahead. But what would you do with you had it won an Astra in the drawer? Well, it's, around. An, it's not just an Astra, it's a hatchback. It's a hatchback. Oh, which I said first time. You said that so well. A lovely 
1.6 litre hashback. Yeah, six hashback. speed automatic. Six speed automatic. And Why are we showing it? We don't get to win it. We're not allowed to, yeah. But, no. But then in the second prize is a weekend uh, down at the Phillip Island with the um, with Mick Doohan. Via helicopter. Fly, via helicopter. And you don't have to sit next to Bronwyn Bishop. No. <laughs> and <laughs> But that's $4,000 worth of prize. Yeah, yeah. We well, give away some good stuff. Some huge prizes. So why not become a member right now and make a donation? Because the, all donations are tax deductible. And anything, there's multiples of $10 that go into the draw for a South Pacific cruise. So there you go. You're, you could win everything. Wonderful. Just becoming by becoming a member. Well, of you can only win one, win one of the prizes. Oh, yeah, you only win you one. But multiple. You, but, but you're in, you're, in, you're in the draw for them anyhow. And you've got to be in it to win it. My word, yes. Yes, and we still need joy. We still need joy. Not wanting to sound like a broken record from last week. No, but we still need joy because... Well, there's so much happening in the community at the moment. I think we are in a a season of awareness. Hmm. There is so much happening. Now, one thing that Gordon and myself attended this recent week was Ida Hobbit. And it was a celebration and recognition of the International Day Against Homophobia. Biphobia, intersex and transphobia. (laughs) I was getting the acronym out of order. Thank you. And it was held at the Government House. Yes, we were at Government House. We were. We were invited by personal invitation by the Governor, Mm. Her Excellency uh, uh, Linda Desai. There were actually 958 people there or something, didn't you say? It was held in the Grand Ballroom, and I think they probably had a maximum attendance of 1,000. Yeah, but what a ballroom. Oh, yes. If you've never been there, it's beautiful. Can I just inject a thought here? Mm -hmm. How long ago were the police raids of gay nightclubs? 84. 1984. And here you are in Government House in the ballroom. With all these gays and lesbians and their followers. And the government showing its support for our community. Indeed. indeed. Well, that was part of the awareness. Mm. Awareness top down and awareness bottom up. It was the initiative of the governor to actually hold this reception. Mm-hmm. She's been a very aware person and she has read the community's involvement or the community's enthusiasm for recognition of these parts of our community that are being revealed. Mm-hmm. She's a gorgeous woman, and she's lots of fun. Very happy sort of lady. She's a really, really yeah. wonderful woman. But just as a community, how far we've come. Oh, since 1984. It, well, it's, it hasn't been an easy road, I know that. Yeah. But, but, but uh, just to live in a time when you don't have to hide behind the back corner of a nightclub. But you've also got to remember we've been decriminalised Well, that's then. part of the, the progress mm, of mm. laws and... Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, and so there's a hard, chance hard we, fought for. Oh, we yeah. might even have equal marriage rights before the next ice age. Oh, well, we mentioned last week that back in 1990, the World Health Organization, that branch of the United Nations, uh, actually removed homosexuality from the list of mental disorders Mm. and it was great during the week to see the medical profession in australia actually reflecting the modernity of their thinkings uh, that they are saying now that marriage inequality is detrimental to the health of our community that's exactly right and uh, i think it's very powerful statement that they made 
mm. there. It's, it was a it was a very interesting article in the paper uh, on Sunday about the um, the AMA have come out in complete support for equal marriage because they said that the gay and, the gay and lesbian community should not be marginalised and um, made to feel different from well, the rest of the world. It's just simple. It's equal rights. That's right. Yeah. Why why can you isolate? A section of the community and say you're not as good as the rest of us. Well, this is what they've been doing for centuries, haven't they? Because it was written in the Bible or somewhere, or one of those books. Well, don't we have separation of church and state? Well, we're supposed to be a secular well, state. Yes, yes. We're fairly well separated compared to some countries. Mm. What about those two boys that have been whipped in eighty Arche, lashes, eighty-six lashes each? Oh, uh, yeah, up in Aceh in Indonesia because they were gay. Now, this, is what, this is what we're still fighting around the world. But again, once again, that's a religious thing because it was against Sharia law or something rather. Mm. But anyhow, back to our business. The, the, the three wonderful speeches, one by the the governor of Victoria, the she got Martin it. Foley, the uh, Minister for Equality, and the Gender and Sexuality Commissioner, Roe Allen. Mm. Three wonderful speeches, but they are available on the Joy webpage on the podcasts, mm-hmm. and they are headed, Government House Opens Doors for Ida Hobbit, and it was posted on the 18th of May. Thank you. Well, can I say my husband Tony and I are absolutely delighted to welcome you all to Government House. We welcome all of you who identify as members of the LGBTI community and we welcome the families, friends and allies who join you in respect for and support of Victoria's LGBTI community. Now, for those of you who are returning to our ironic... uh, Ironic. I... Brilliant joke, but I didn't mean it. Um, Our iconic government house. (laughs) Sometimes ironic, but always iconic. Government house, we say welcome back. For those of you who are visiting for the first time, we offer an especially warm welcome. I'm certain that in this house at least... Tonight's Ida Hobbit reception is an historic first. (laughs) In one sense, though, to us, there is nothing especially remarkable about what we're doing here tonight. It certainly ought not be remarkable. And I'm sure that, like all of you, we look forward to a day when an occasion like this will be rather commonplace or better still, unnecessary. I say that it's not remarkable what we're doing tonight because for me as Governor, this is what the Governorship is here for and what this House is here for, to recognise, to celebrate and to nurture all Victorians and to honour those who enrich our community and serve the good of others, particularly those who are vulnerable. Thanks to the courage and the efforts of large numbers of you, attitudes are changing and I think the changes are finally beginning to gather pace. That concludes the official proceedings. On behalf of the Governor and Mr Howard, 
It is my pleasure to invite you to stay and enjoy the hospitality of Government House. It was a great night and it was, so, and it was nice to see people that you haven't seen for a while too. And it was very representative and there's lots of our friends and allies there as mm, well. Mm. We are all going to be sending letters of thanks back to the Governor and saying, see you next year. Yes, hopefully, yes. But sh- I think uh, the next... Yeah, the next celebration will probably include a different range of people from our community. Do you think we might be celebrating equal marriage by then? Well, I'm sure the governor would love to see us achieve that well, point as well. But it's a political thing. That's yeah, but, a political thing, and she's supposed to be not by, political. Yeah, that's right. She's. But the, but the thing is with the equal marriage thing that the um, somebody wrote into the paper the other day that the as as he uh, Mr Turnbull had sort of stolen most of Labor's policies as far as the budget went. Why not steal another one of theirs and not have the plebiscite? <laughs> well, it's financial savings yeah. that they could put elsewhere, isn't it? And look at the amount of money that the businesses make out of uh, out of the gay marriages in America. Millions and dollars. They reckon it's worth billions for the in the in the marriage of, of gay people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for Nina. This was covered in an episode of The Simpsons where Homer <laughs> went online, ordained himself as a minister, <laughs> and then got all the. Um, the gay people married, yeah. And once they were married off, he said to Marge, "What what do you call a wedding between a, a straight man and a straight woman? We should do that <laughs> now that we've married all the gays." <laughs> Fair enough. Well, the Simpsons last, are right with it. Exactly. Last weekend there was two marches here in, or or yeah, there was a marriage equality march last Saturday, mm-hmm. and then on Sunday evening there was the International AIDS. A candlelight vigil. Hmm. So there's been a lot of we're, we're, uh, a lot of awareness, a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, Get, getting back to Ida Hobbit Day, a, a straight friend of mine, she said, um, "What does Ida Hobbit mean?" She said, "I've heard it mentioned, but I don't know what it means." So when I told her, she said, "Oh, that is a mouthful, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> but did she say she agreed? But with she it? agreed with it. She's she's very very wow. aware. She was lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of people out there that are very friendly to the gay community. They may not show it, but they don't have any objection to yeah. it, which is the way we we want to go. And but we're that, in the that ninety percent of the population. <laughs> well, it is the world we live in, so we've got to work with it and uh, mould it into suit ourselves. That's right. And his Alcazar, they're going to be singing about the world we live in. This is the world we live in. You're on joy. Somebody's full of hate. His faith is all about a certain. Too busy thinking about the pain. Bring joy to the world. Listen to us everywhere. Download the Joy smartphone app. Now at joy.org.au. You're with Chris, Gordon and Phil. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. And imagine listening to a radio station where we're discussing topics like marriage equality, the AMA coming out and supporting marriage equality, either hot as a celebration, and just AIDS commemorations and marches and all sorts of things all in one place. And that gives you joy. It does. So that's why we still need joy. And that's why we're here. Because nowhere else are you going to hear, well, for a, you're not going to hear a conversation like ours anywhere else. Yeah. There's laws against that. But. Yeah, but but this is why we need people to become members and make don- or, or make a donation. But it's uh, it's a great way to get involved with the community, become a part of Joy, become a Joy yeah. member, and you can enter into all the little competitions that you they have. You can go further. You can become a volunteer. You can volunteer. You, you can end up on air like we did. Yes. And 
this gives me a feeling of being part of a community yeah. that I was not a part of for the greater part of my life. Yeah. So there you go. That's yeah. what that's what joy does. And now try getting rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also out there for the younger gay people that are just finding out about their sexuality because we can talk about things that you won't hear about on any other station, and that's why we still need joy to well, help. We the prove that people. other gay people exist. Yeah, we do. Because growing up. I can speak for myself. I didn't know that anybody else felt the way I did. Were you the only gay in the village, dear? Well, I was the only gay in this side of town. Mm. <laughs> more, than, more than the village. Yeah. But yeah, it, if Joy had been around, it would have been, oh, well, okay, I can grow into that. And that's why we also have the Joy smartphone app, so yep. that you can listen in the train to any of our podcasts. Have it under your or- pillow. Exactly. Mum doesn't need to know. Mum doesn't this need to know. is right, and you get your confidence up and... Uh, you never know where it's going to lead you. Yeah. Here to joy. <laughs> right to joy. And we're so pleased for ourselves for the progress that we have made in the uh, social acceptance that we have found for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we... Still haven't socially accepted one group of Australians. Well, that's right. And we look back and we think we've come actually a fairly long way in maybe 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. But there's other people that have been around for many a long year before that mm-hmm. that are still trying to get their flag recognised and and uh, be accepted into the community. To be actually recognised completely in Australia, which is another thing. And we're talking, of course, about the Indigenous community. We, we, are, we are talking about them because back in 1998... Uh, there was a celebration on the 26th of May 1998 to remember the mistreatment of the country's indigenous population. Especially with the children that were stolen. Well, oh, well, stolen, yes. <laughs> it was it was done in the, with the best of interest and the best of intention. Because, Only from a white aspect. Uh, yes, this was to uh, assimilate and eliminate. That's what they tried to do. Yeah, <laughs> assimilate and eliminate. And for the protection, for their own protection. Hello, hello. Hello. But they had their own protection anyhow. They They had a family network, a family support structure and organisation that is brilliant. Which no white, actually very very few white societies have ever had that um, support organisation in family. Now, let's describe to the listener what particularly that support organisation is. It's very almost communistic, isn't it? Yeah, well, they... There's no personal property. No, the men were the hunters and the women were the gatherers and the children were brought up in a very happy way, apparently from from what you can read about what it was like in the early days. Multi-parental guidance. That's right, yeah. They were brought up by the village. Yeah. They, they they, They weren't just brought up by the one person or the mother and the father they were brought up by the aunties the uncles the brothers the sisters and all the rest of it and that's why we still refer to the elders as aunties or uncles uh, as a mark of honor and respect that's right in their communities Mm, mm, mm. and that's where they learned all their folk stories as well well their folk stories are absolutely amazing because when you when you read some of them or hear some of them they are very almost attuned to the stories in the bible like these fairy sto- fairy th- these yeah. these legends. Well, of, they of, might all be fairy stories for all we know. Yeah, because I watched a very brilliant thing on the television. It was talking. It was something to do with the Aboriginal community and uh, the starting of the, the the snake and all the rest of it. Mm. You know, it, it was absolutely brilliant. And I think these stories should be told. 
often. See, that was their education system. Yeah, yeah. They didn't formally go to school. No. But they would learn their history and their morals and all those yes. things that make a community yeah. from those stories. Yes, that, nothing was written down because they didn't have papers and pens, but they were, they all knew their cultural history yeah. from, from and the centuries. And because that's not how white society did it, they we said deemed it, was it to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Not that we're judgmental or anything. No, oh, we, we've never judged anything in our lives, have we? Not in the white? beauty contest. Uh, yeah, that's right. But no, it, it, it annoyed me a lot, even as a very young person, the way um, Aboriginal people were treated. Because where I lived, we had some um, Aboriginal people that were in the football team. Yeah. And this is I'm going back into the 50s, of course, the, uh, just mm. after the war. And they were great footballers. While they were playing football, they were fine. But yeah. but the rest of it, they didn't. Nobody wanted to know them. Well, we had Kathy Freeman as our lead intro. That's right. Identifications see on this evening's program. And uh, yes, as you say, when she was winning, she was great. Mm, Same with Yvonne Goolagong yeah, with tennis and yeah. other sporting adventures. Yeah. And uh, look at the footballers that we have: oh. Morris Rioli and the Rioli and young Rioli from the the cousin, I think, he is that plays with Hawthorne at the moment. And and Nicky Winmar, they they're just natural at football. That's right. And I I did mention to you off air about the show on the television at the moment, Warriors. Oh yes, which has uh, two Aboriginal men in the team. One's from the country and one of them's from the city. And it's absolutely amazing the way they have worked out what they can do and what they can say. Yeah, it's lovely. Now the sorry day that we are celebrating this Friday, the twenty sixth of May. The twenty sixth of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was actually a very special day when Kevin Rudd... No, Kevin Rudd oh, sorry. Was, was in 13th of February in 2008. Oh, right. So, so 2008 was when Kevin Rudd actually apologised to the Stolen Generation. He stood up in Parliament mm-hmm. and said those words that he did yeah, say, yeah, and, and he, he said it in the, the correct way, that you acknowledge your fault, you wish that you hadn't done it, that you are taking steps so that you don't do it again, and you hope that you'll be forgiven mm. for doing those things wrong. You know, there's four stages in the, the sorry process, and he, in the name of the other Australians, did it in the Parliament. Of course, a lot of people cut crook and said, no, you're not saying it on behalf of me. Mm. I don't forgive them for anything. Oh, oh yeah, well, but do. a lot of other people said, oh, okay, we've said it now. Just go back to our lives. Yeah, this well, is right. And yeah. consider it all taken care of. All taken care of, but it hasn't been taken care of. Mind you, that the it was a, it was a huge, huge benefit for that community that had been stolen. When you see all those people, uh, they were now in their fifties and sixties, mm. and the women and the men in that age group that yeah. were really they were absolutely moved. I'm getting quite teary now thinking yeah. about it. Well, um, back but, in the year two thousand on twenty eighth of May, the, in, there was two uh, twenty two hundred and fifty thousand people. Pedestrians walked across the Sydney Harbour Bridge in the People's Walk for Reconciliation during Corroboree 2000, and you were involved. We had we had a walk here in Melbourne. We actually yeah. it was um, we, I forget where we marched. I know we finished up down in St Kilda Road, walking towards the shrine, and then they had the hands, all different coloured hands, planted in the lawn for all the, and they represented. I think it was all the all the stolen children in. Um, Victoria or something right there were thousands of them it was just it was an amazing um, day actually it was and and people were just walking along quietly um, thinking about it all you know and it, it was well it's not celebration is it it's, it's a celebration it's a it's a it's a bloody tragedy what happened yeah. you know but see, we were told we, we were forced to go to Sunday school as kids mm. it's another tragedy but we were told that the 
the church missionaries were going into the outback. And I don't know if words like rescue were used, <laughs> but, you know, decades later it struck me that they're actually bragging about going out and stealing children from their own parents. That's right, yeah. And, and a very good movie is called is The Rabbit Proof Fence. That's the story of three kids that were stolen and they knew how to get back to home and they were walking all the way back. You're on Joy. Hey, this is Jess Malboy, proud to be heard on the beautiful Joy 94.9. Great shows, great topics, great radio. Joy 94.9. You're with Been There, Done That. Joy 94.9 with Phil, Gordon and Chris. And yeah. that guy that thinks everything is great okay. on that last station ID. We've just been talking about uh, Sorry Day. What It's continuing now with the big conference in at Uluru with the Aboriginal elders and population that, and the people that have wanted to talk about the what we can do with the Constitution to recognise the Indigenous people in the Constitution of Australia. So when we talk about Australians in the Constitution... The Aboriginals are not mentioned. This is a reflection of the attitude of the first explorers who arrived on our land. They thought, oh, this is a great big empty paddock, we'll grab it for ourselves, not recognising... There were some original inhabitants. Like there were thousands of them as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, and in, in, all over the country, from the centre to this coast, the Aboriginal people have been everywhere for, for centuries, and the white population that came in said, no, they couldn't, they, 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 weren't, they must have been ignorant and unintelligent because they didn't wear clothes, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, and didn't do something else. You well, know. they didn't do it like the white man white, did. Like the white man did. Well, they'd been there all that time and they hadn't built any flats. That's right, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How can you be civilised? And they were the only, pe only people that could run this country without destroying it and yeah. ruining it. Yeah. Now, in Victoria, our parliament actually recognises Aboriginals as an original inhabitant mm. of this land, but... No, we, we, we're working on a treaty at the moment for Victoria um, to recognise the Aboriginal completely. But and and I think there's one other state is doing. I think South uh, Queensland, Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria. The state constitutions actually recognise Aboriginal oh, and right. Torres Strait Islanders. Mm. But uh, the national. Oh, the nationals. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, now, of course, we've got some wonderful examples around the world where other national governments have enshrined the recognition of their native populations. Canada. They have a treaty. Yeah, they, but they also in the constitution. But they do have a treaty as well, and the Maori in New Zealand that yeah. goes right back to uh, Waitangi Day or whatever it is. Yeah, um, and and even in Norway, huh? hello, I didn't well, know they had any the Aboriginals. Well, the Laps, they do. The Laplanders, yeah, yes, yeah. They were they were they're an indigenous population. Yes, they're the people of that land. And that's right. Yeah, and, not the invaders. And uh, it's interesting to see that um, Noel Pearson. Uh, one of the Aboriginal elders, he's he wants a treaty, and most of them are, are agreeing on a treaty for Australia too, which I think would be rather marvellous because it at least would help the have the whole thing so that they're equal. You know, constitutions we don't sort of take much notice of constitutions, but I think treaties would be better. Well, we, I think we've just got to actually mention specifically that the Aboriginal populations of Australia 
are included in the definition of Australians. That's one thing. But then strike or separately or at the same time strike the actual treaty and lay out in detail what that recognition really means. Mm. Because look at the Kiwis and the Maoris. Their cultures have, have moved both ways. The Maori culture into the white community and the white community's uh, cultures into the Maori community. In Just New- imagine when they do a, a sporting event, or the white New Zealanders do the haka. They all There's do the haka. Mm-hmm. But They're in, too scared but not to. One of the things in New Zealand is that they have they have a designated number of seats for the Maori population in the yeah. parliament. Yeah, and that's what we should have here in Australia as well. We do have. What's her name? Bernie, the uh, Aboriginal lady from New South Wales who was in the New South Wales Parliament. Now she's in Federal Parliament. And the Minister for Health, the Aboriginal Health, is an Aboriginal elder, uh, man as well. He's in the Federal Parliament. We've also had several, over the years, several Aboriginal members of Parliament, but they've never had something to represent their community. They were recognised in 1967 in the referendum. That's right, yeah. yes, yeah. But we don't want quotas, do we? No, this is a problem in America. Is they're trying to find a balance? No, I, I forget how many seats that they have in the Ameri- in the New Zealand Parliament. The New Zealand Parliament New Zealand's a got very different way of, of voting. Of yeah, course. but they've got a very long track record of getting along with their indigenous That's people. That's right. Yes, we are a long way behind that. That's right. Yeah, when you consider that the um, New Zealanders were the first to give the women the vote, and and we followed them quite closely. Yeah, but see, but the, we haven't the, followed them on equal marriage or the way that we treat our, our, our yeah. own people. But see, you mentioned the Aboriginals in Parliament. Mm. They're news. They're, they, yeah. they shouldn't be news. They That's should, right. be, they just should be just accepted. That's right, yeah. yeah. But Linda Burney is a name. That's right. It just came to my mind then. She's, she's a very intelligent lady. And when you hear her speak on television or something, she puts it forth. Yeah, she's really great. I like her. It's, it's weird on one hand that we have recognised that since uh, the mid-40s last century, we've had all these migrants come to Australia from Europe and other places, Mm. and we now recognise them as a culturally and linguistically different group within Australia. We put up signs around in various different languages. But we're multicultural. We are are multicultural, but heavens, have you seen any signs up in Aboriginal place talks? The only place I've seen with the Aboriginal, um, anything Aboriginal, has been outside the Aboriginal shop and museum type place that used to be up in King Street, I think it was. I went up there one day and bought a couple of paintings. I yeah. wonder if there's any signs at the bottom of Uluru. Don't climb. Probably not. <laughs> probably, probably says so. made in China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so, so we, we're, we're very good at being modern in some ways, but we're very backward in not recognising the original inhabitants. We recognise uh, the original inhabitants with lots of our town names. Oh. Oh, a lot of our town names are Aboriginal words, our Aboriginal towns, you know. Geelong. Geelong and... and um, what, that described the length of the road to get there. And, and, and the suburb that I used to come from, Murrumbina. Murrumbina, yeah. Uh, um, there's, a, there's a lot of them. Um, WA, you find, oh. uh, the WA is just huge for uh, Aboriginal names. It's just amazing. Uh, Victoria, you have them here as well. There's uh, um, I think you put it up on is one of the... Hello? You put a pot on, yeah. <laughs> That's a cooking show, I think, on the Food Network. You put a pot on, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. You put a pot on's a little town, and, well, and don't, I hope Donald Trump never goes to California. Why? All the the Spanish names. Oh, and yeah, he'd hate that, wouldn't he? You think, oh, they're taking over. They've yeah. been there for centuries. Yeah, but it's just it's just amazing how the we do recognise some of the tribes or the the 
the tribe, I guess there mm. were tribes, how they've recognised them with the names of the towns. I think the word mob is exactly the right word that the Aboriginals, they actually yeah, call, they call themselves, themselves a mob. They yeah. call themselves a mob. Well, Isaiah Firebrace, when he was on The X Factor, yeah. referred to his mob back in That's right, he, did. he, did. he said, oh, but thanks to the mob back in Moama, yes, yeah. that's right, he did too. Yeah. That's right. Now, the other little ethnic group that is now being wrapped up in the same banner or same recognition as the Australian Aboriginal is the Torres, Torres Strait, Strait Islands. Islanders. Yes, yes, yes. Now, that's that little group of people... They live halfway between New Guinea and Australia. Yes, and then someone put a line on the map and didn't recognise that, oh, the cultural uh, difference between these two land masses, Papua New Guinea and Australia, might actually be there, but, you know, we'll put it, because that gives it most of it for us. Hmm, hmm. Um, but they have been recognised as well. and it's, it's, it's Oh, yeah, the, Torres, uh, the Australian Aboriginal and the Torres Strait Islanders, they are very close together and that's one of the things that is going on with this um well lines on the map in any atlas uh should be a little more flexible than they are oh, look at what they did to the middle east they oh. moved the lines around in the middle east didn't they iran and iraq and what have you when the british and the french got out they, of there they were all tribal groups they were all tribal groups and they drew lines splitting them up that's right and yeah. mixing them together they put know. the shiites with the shias oh. and all the rest of it if they had to separated them and made but different if countries. you're from torres Strait. Mm. You'll feel very welcome at Centrelink. Because one of the, you get three questions, whether you're Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander or other. Oh, right. So they must have some good support services for people from there. But um, that's one thing I noticed. Well, actually, I'd never heard of the Torres Strait until one of the censuses or sensei that I'd filled out years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm. Um, That became one of the questions, like your, your origin. Oh, right. My grandfather worked in the Torres Strait Islands way, way back in the early 1900s. He made sure that the ships coming through had coal. Well, I think it's actually a very good process that we're moving through now with the Aboriginal communities yeah, but to to get recognition for them. But don't you think we have formal to have people, recognition? Yeah, but don't you think we have to have people in the parliament that are going to accept what the Aboriginal people want? This well, is another thing. I there's some politicians that I'm sure you can swear and uh, win bets that they would never be agreeing to yeah, that. that's right. It's going to come down to what the actual, the this conference sort of works out. There is a bit of a thing going on with the conference because there's a lot of groups that weren't represented at all this sort of thing. So there's still a bit of tension between the actual people that are there and the people that were missed out hmm. of being there, you know, which, well, when you, I, I don't know how many um, mobs there are in the Aboriginal community, but there must be thousands of them, I would say. Yeah. And I think we just need to get to know them. Yeah, yeah. Just learn. It, it'll take a while, but give them a voice. Yeah. Instead of telling them what to do and resettling them and educating them our way, mm-hmm. just there's got to be another way. Yeah, there yeah. is. 28th of May is also an important day for a certain person who is having her birthday. Oh. Is she a member? Is she a member? Hi, I'm Kylie Minogue, also known as Kylie from Camberwell, and I'm a proud Joy member number 285 New Year tonight So I put my best dress on Boy, I was so right Our eyes connected This Joy program has a podcast and you can subscribe to it at joy.org.au. Yeah, 
You're listening to Free and They're Done That with Phil, Gordon and Chris and Julia. Who podcasts us. To the uninitiated, a podcast is an MP3 file that really grew out of the iPod generation. But it's our show encapsulated in a non-musical, non-advertising form. Pure us. Just us rabbiting on. Yeah, it might, there should be a health warning with it because there aren't any musical commercial breaks would take a breath. <laughs> but it's just us. And you can download us from the Joy webpage. What time did we go to we air? We go 11 o'clock on Tuesday evenings yeah. and Wednesday mornings at five o'clock. That's when I usually hear catch up with what we've done here and think, "Oh my God, did we actually say that?" And you have to answer yes because you've just heard. <laughs> I just heard myself say it. Yes. Now we're talking about icons in the community. However, we've got iconic buildings. One that we can actually almost see if we look out the windows here at Joy. We can see a beautiful mm. white timber building. Up in Carlton, in Carlton Gardens, mm. it's the Royal Exhibition Building, opened in to the public for the first time in the, the 29th of May, 1880. And why was it called Exhibition Building? Because that's when all the exhibitionists went. <laughs> well, they did too. <laughs> Before, it was quite a show. <laughs> I, I think it might have, must have been one of the earliest in the world ever exhibitions like expos it followed the crystal palace exhibition in london london had that crystal palace exhibition that the duke uh, prince albert put on all right and built the crystal pa- the fellow built the crystal palace for it, which burnt down in some, about 1920s or something rather and then we had the exhibition building being built at the same time and it was that was actually built by nelly melba's father um mitchell. he had help mitchell yeah he was the architect or something rather but it's it's a actually it's a international heritage listed building now. Yeah, it is not just heritage listed; it's got international. And what happened there on the first of January, nineteen o one? That was the original Australia Day, because that's when we had the first Parliament of the Commonwealth of Australia. And it was held in our uh, exhibition building, the only building big enough to hold everybody. The king, or the, who was no, it at it was the time? The, it was a prince. The prince that came prince out. Prince of Wales was yeah, yeah. Uh, Victoria's consort. And he came out and said, you're on, boys. Yes, there's a very big painting of that by done, done by Streeton, I think it was, of the hmm. of the opening of Parliament. And there was a huge mob of people. There were about a thousand-odd people in there. It's, yeah. a bit, very, it's a beautiful building when you go in and look at it. And now you, you're talking about, earlier in the program but, at the beginning, we spoke about the AIDS Memorial Candlelight Vigil. Yeah. Well, when they used to have that vigil years ago, they had the quilt set up in the exhibition building. Oh, yeah. It was the only building big enough to take that. I must admit, though, the exhibition buildings were much bigger when I was a kid. The actual first Australian Parliament, which was held on the 9th of May 1901, was held in the now the Victorian Parliament yes, they had building. to use. They had to use the Victorian Parliament building for twenty six years. They opened it in the exhibition building, and then they moved the Parliament. So the state government had state, to move state out. State government moved to another another building. Yes, while the federal government was at yeah. the. Um, and that's when they had their thought. Well, we better get another place for the real Parliament of Australia. It's not. Can't be Melbourne. It can't be Sydney. Let's think of somewhere halfway in so between. So when was that? When did that thought process started in the twenties and it went through to twenty seven when they bought the when they had the property in Canberra and they started. I think the open building in nineteen twenty seven, wasn't it? I've got May? a silver spoon. Have you? Date in nineteen twenty seven with the 
first Parliament House. Were you born with a silver spoon in your mouth, were you? Hardly, hardly. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> not back that far. born with engravings. But then in the 9th of May 1988, the current Parliament House was opened in Canberra. Yeah, everything was done on the 9th of May. That could possibly be even made into Australia Day rather than the 26th of January. Well, it's no. a special day in Canberra. It's the day they do things. Is it? Yeah, the one day a year. <laughs> oh, that's not controversial. They only built the new place because they had bigger cafeterias. And now they've even found, they're starting to find now that they still don't have enough space in the new one. Well, sack some of them. Yeah. Oh. Let's have a cull. Thin their numbers. Do like the kangaroos. Yeah, there's too many of them. They're like cockies. They, just, they hang around a bunch and eat all the food. Well, cockies talk about cockies hanging around at a bunch. There's, certain, there's a few things that us white people have introduced to this year country that I bet... Oh, we were all told, scientific. We, we, I bet we, well, we, did. we, we Rab- regret Rabbits doing it. Rabbits were a very scientific yeah, experiment. We know how to fix things around this country. Oh, yeah. yeah and if you, there's any problems with it... We, we bring in something to try I, to fix it. I have to mention the Simpsons. Because <laughs> uh, Bart found some eggs. Yes. But they were laid by a um, South American tree lizard. <laughs> <laughs> who's kicked out the bird's eggs and lays its own so oh. that the bird will bring up its eggs for it. It's a really good little system. Anyway, these things were to be destroyed because they would just take over. So they were released <laughs> instead of being destroyed, and um, they took them up the top of the building and just threw these lizards out, and they discovered that they could fly, so they landed nicely. Oh, They ate all the pigeons, having solved that problem. Then they introduced snakes to get rid of the tree lizards. They ended up with lions in the street because they had gotten rid of all their other pests. <laughs> that sounds a little bit like the Cactoblastus cactorum that was introduced to kill the prickly, the pear. prickly pear. And then they then they couldn't get rid of the Cactoblastus cactorum, so they introduced the cane toad because they cane toad. No, used that was for the sugar. Was that for sugar? Was I, what? Yeah. Oh, well, but you know, consequential. Yeah. yeah. What was the yeah. what was the lizard thing that they had in the sugar that they were going to eat? But the thing was that that was up in the air and the uh, the cane toads didn't fly no no yeah. hello hello we're a little bit better that's another sorry day now because the rabbits have got the khaleesi virus mm-hmm. and that is actually spread by the little ticks mm. that walk around and jump onto their fur and that's suck right. their blood they've just since found it something to do cane toads from being fertile they've got a they've got a something now that they can introduce oh, that's into good the well they're actually releasing quackers mm. now who've been trained to spit yeah. the cane toads out and they've they've got a now an inbuilt resistance to the cane toad poison can we get Tony Abbott back to name them Quacker Force? We need him <laughs> to come up with absolutely no, ridiculous well, names because well, Border Force can't do it. I was talking to the man that made that movie about the cane toads. He yeah. came into the studio and we were chatting about it. And I said, but what about the native animals that would go to the yeah. cane toads? He said, the native animals have learnt very quickly that you don't touch them. They learnt very quickly. They released uh, what I'll call European trout eggs into some of the creeks in Australia, and thereby displacing all the native fish. They did the same bugger, thing bugger, with bugger. the carp in yeah. the Murray River. They pe- people would carp in the Murray River. Yeah. Look at what did that. Duh. Is that just human taste? It's like, I want these fish. Let's breed them. Let's bring them out from England. Not even thinking of consequences. They're only thinking of food. See, a lot of goldfish were miniature carp. In memoriam, I'd like to to remember my fish Goldie who died in the 1989 earthquake. Oh, Kappa DM. Well, you just proved that you can't <laughs> swim in sheepskin. They actually need water. 
Yeah, they do. That's true too. But, the, but uh, have you eaten carp? No, I, I have. It's um, it's very very soft. Mostly the stuff that you put with it, it tastes better. That's well, that's, that's quite taste. yummy. A diverse sound for a diverse crowd. Join 94.9. Thanks for being with us, and and we'll catch you next week. What are we playing out? We've got the Jonas Brothers with a song called Sorry. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.